Previously, on The Crown, the royal family went to Scotland and put two individuals through the rigorous Balmoral Test, a social quiz that measures the metal of individuals that are going to play some importance in the royal family's lives. Diana, she aced it, knocked it out of the park, did better than anyone. Margaret Thatcher, she tanked it. She did so poorly, she quit. She went home. She said she doesn't even care about the royal family's approval. So, how's all that going to affect this week's episode? Let's find out on the Lords of Grantham podcast. We're back. It's a new day in America. It is an exciting day, Dave. The inauguration has happened. I know. So you're, by the time you're hearing this, it will have been a couple days ago or a day ago. But or for oh, us, much later. <laughs> yeah, or much later. Who knows? But t- today, Joe Biden got sworn in. Yeah. I mean, I know you people out there may not care because this is an American thing, but hey, we're, we're just glad to keep rolling the ball forward here. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a a, a a monarch to like meet with Joe Biden the way that the Queen meets with Margaret Thatcher, but maybe maybe we should. I mean, I'm sure the Queen will meet with him at some point. Maybe who knows? Oh man, can we get that on film? <laughs> it was what does hey, that look man. like? Does, <laughs> got uh, old uh, Phil and and Biden talking about the good old days of drinking. <laughs> Get a little wild and stuff wearing their well, aviators. Phil's generation above Biden. Phil's what, ninety nine or something like that. <laughs> That's true. He's about twenty years older, but I'm st- you know, you throw on some aviators. Who knows the difference? Yeah, he's like Charles' age, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, isn't that funny? They, they have some. They have. Pl- I'm sure they'll have lots to talk about. Charles. Yeah. And, and well, speaking of stuff to talk about, Dave, have you heard about some of this uh, this drama surrounding Peter Morgan? No. The writer of The Crown? No. Oh, man. Our, our, our dear listener, uh, Lisa, who comments on uh, some of our Instagram posts, uh, she let me know that, uh, or let us know that uh, Jillian Anderson is actually his wife. And that's how really? she got the okay. hookup okay. to play. Well, I don't know if that's how she became Thatcher, but it doesn't take much to connect those dots to see how she got that it's role. nepotism going on. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, you know, she's 52, he's 57. Uh, they apparently reportedly s- split amicably in December after four years together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're, uh, I can't see if they're married or not, but they're there together. They, they were a couple uh, after four years, they've split up. And now <clears throat> Peter Morgan has moved on uh, at the beginning of this year to Jemima, Jemima Khan and has actually reportedly already moved in with her. What? Can you imagine dating someone at the beginning of this year and just being like, you know what, after a week of this, it's, I mean, it is it is COVID time, so I could see the the <laughs> rushing just because of safety. Mm-hmm. But how yeah. old is she? Who and who is she? I don't know who this person is. Well, that that's that's the funniest thing, Dave. Well, uh, Jemima Khan, I don't know how old she is exactly. It doesn't really matter, but she is the former best friend of Princess Diana. She was best friends with Diana for years and decades. Wait, in real uh, life? Is she in the episode we watched today? Maybe I, I couldn't see I couldn't find if that was the case. Did you say her name is Jemima, Jemima Khan, and she's Caucasian uh, or is she uh, black? She, she's, no, she's white. She married um, actually um, a, a, a guy with the last name of Khan, 
who was actually, I think, uh, he was he, he was the prime minister of uh, Pakistan, I guess. I don't know. He's a heart surgeon. I don't know. I, either way. He's either a Diana prime minister cons- or a heart surgeon. I mean, Two. Diana was considering marrying one of his friends when she passed away. Uh, of Jemima Khan, but that, but even before then, they knew each other for a long time. So, the always reliable Daily Mail is speculating whether Peter Morgan is going to rely on his new partner for insights into the next season of The Crown. Wow, that's, given uh, her close proximity, that's intense. Yeah, that's a lot going on there. <laughs> and how? Old, so he's fifty-seven. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, that's interesting. Yeah. So he, you know, he'd be close to, you know. I assume Jemima's around the same age. She looks like she's in her 50s, too. So there you have it. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out for the next season. If all of a sudden we see a radically different uh, um, Princess Diana based on the information that Peter Morgan is getting. And, you know, Dave, I want to start to wonder, the way he shotgunned this whole thing, where it went from them dating in the beginning of the year to apparently moving in, uh, did you think? Do you think he saw an opportunity here and was like, you know what? Let's move things along. Let's let's speed this up. I got a season to write here. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if they met through some kind of inquiry about the crown. Oh, oh, I forgot the other kicker. She was also friends with Jillian Anderson too. <laughs> oh man. well, I mean, <laughs> and reportedly Jillian Anderson is bemused by the whole situation. <laughs> She'll be fine. So, so what, what do you think happened here? Jillian Anderson introduced Peter Morgan to her friend and then was like, oh, she also happened to know Diana. And then Peter Morgan was like, really? And then just dropped Jillian uh, Anderson after he got done filming season four of The Crown and then moved on to her friend who knows Princess Diana. Is that, is that too far-fetched here? I mean, I think that's probably an extreme over, oversimplification, but sh- I mean, sure, that can be, it's, that it's can be the story impossible. we go with. It, it's not you know impossible. what that, you know what that would be that would be the crown's narrative of their breakup <laughs> exactly a little stretched exactly. a little flub but basically true yeah i, I want to see that follow up like 20 years later how he becomes entangled in this whole situation peter morgan himself that's kind of like oh my god that'd be the perfect buffer episode you know they, they emphasize jemima as a character in the show only to follow her 20 years later and peter morgan becomes part of the, the crown yeah, as if, and we'll be what? We'll be in our 40s or our 50s talking about, oh, yeah, look at Peter Morgan still doing it to no good. That's how we sound in 20 years, yeah. yeah it's 20, I mean, who knows? We'll age fast. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, even if they wait that long, they could just release that like a year or two later. Who knows? Anyways, it is season four, episode three of The Crown. Oh, there's one one more little thing that I think oh, will, yeah? is, is relevant to... Uh, the episode, but also a fan. I forget exactly what fan, so I apologize. I'm not like as good as Corey as writing down who said what. Mm-hmm. But we questioned how Diana's grandmother had showed up at Balmoral before, mm-hmm. um, before she did. She is one of the, the queen's ladies of waiting, or yeah. the queen mother's ladies at waiting. So she mm-hmm. she's Lady Fermoy. Yeah, I had some questions about how that logistically affected. Princess Diana, or Diana, anyway, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll talk. It, that yeah. does come into play in the episode. But it is funny how they kind of just don't tell you that key piece of information. So no, you're they just don't like, exactly. That's how does she get around? Like <laughs> yeah, and now it makes much more sense why she was there when those initial dates were happening with Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. it wasn't just insert random grandmother in, into date. Um, it's random yeah. grandmother with some connection to the crown. Exactly, yeah. So it is Windsor Castle, and it's 1981. What is going down? 
But we get a disclaimer that there's a trigger warning in this episode, and mm-hmm. I have not seen that in any TV shows that don't have a, like Pikachu flashing light, a seizure induction kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But we are warned that there are some eating disorders going on in this episode, and that's the very interesting way to start it. Not, I mean, obviously, I'm not triggered by that, but I've never seen I've never seen it before. Yeah, no, it it is disarming. I actually I, I didn't read it closely at first, and I rewound to because I was asking myself for a second, did Netflix insert like a a warning saying that what what will follow isn't actually what actually happened? You know, did they actually cave and I missed the news? Mm-hmm. But but no, it was just a warning about eating disorders, which appropriate. Yeah, so we see um, Diana's at Windsor Castle, Castle Windsor, mm-hmm. and uh, she's leaving, and we see a yeah. sort of a. Uh, uh, game of phone tag or a, a t- game of telephone kind of happening in in enacting or, or going through the details of what just happened i mean it really keeps you guessing because the way it kicks off is charles saying it is done <laughs> <laughs> what could that be did you just cut one loose in the toilet bro what is done that it, it smash cuts to a turd <laughs> And we see Princess Margaret on the phone, like smoking a cigarette, like, all right. Okay. All right. It is done. All right, Charles. We knew we could believe in you. We believed in you. Uh, okay. So, um, we, but we see who's on the phone. It's, it's all his, his sisters and aunts and grandmas and mothers on the phone. It is Elizabeth. It is the Queen Mother. It is Margaret. It is Princess Anne all listening in. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's like one goes to the other, goes to the other kind of thing. Oh, you think they're playing phone tag? Like, yeah, that's why I, th- I think that uh, I have a feeling that tr- I-, I think the only people Charles is calling is his mom and his sister. I think that's true. The Queen is telling Margaret and the Queen Mother. Yeah, it's one of those things where he's kind of just like reporting the news to his mom to let her know he doesn't really. He's not proud of it necessarily, so he's not like spreading it like wildfire maybe everywhere. Yeah, but he uh, he popped a question in the nursery. Standing up, he didn't get down on one knee. <laughs> Why didn't he get down on one knee, Dave? Because he's he's the sovereign. <laughs> he doesn't get on one knee. <laughs> great reasoning, great, great reasoning, Prince Charles. This is doomed from the start, dude. This is this episode uh, is is a, a tension filled episode. <laughs> I mean, even the family is just like you could have gotten down on one knee, man. <laughs> like, Come on, man. You're supposed to show some moment of weakness, maybe. <clears throat> she even said it was the happiest moment of her life. Sure. Which, it, it, the family actually swoons, but then we get the the funny moment of even Anne being like, huh. You know? Like, yeah, we see the, ah, 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 huh. Go figure. And you get the sense that it's it's not something that is done out of love. It, it's just something performative that he feels like he, is an obligation more than anything that he has to do. I mean, she passed the Balmoral test. She did. I mean, what what else could he do? So he sent he sends her back to London with her friends. How else do you, do you celebrate? You just send her away. Yeah, and her friends are fired up. They're like, "We're we're uh, we're poor people." Yeah, this sounds fun. I, I mean, we see on the phone that Margaret claims she lives with a prostitute and whatnot. Yeah, she says, "Well, I mean, that's definitely the royal family looking at a certain neighborhood, making wild judgments mm-hmm. that are definitely untrue." But right, she's I, a working lady. She she yeah. cleans she cleans her sister's flat, and she lives where it's affordable. Yeah. So, what does she do with her friends, Dave? They hit the town. Yeah, and they start playing uh, Bootylicious by De- Destiny's Child. Yeah. 
and they're just going wild. It's the early '80s, you know. Well, they're going wild. Yeah. Uh, kind of curious. So you know, they they they, they yeah they play Destiny's Child, and the episode closes with Fleetwood Mac, right? Is that how it goes? It does close with Fleetwood Mac, right? <laughs> Wait, no, I think it is actually Fleetwood Mac. They were playing the whole time. Because, as we all know, Fleetwood Mac sampled Destiny's Child Bootylicious to make uh, One Week Dove. I think that's how it went. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of so, a lot of music in this episode. Yeah. I mean, Netflix has got the money. <laughs> and where else do they flex that budget than in the ring picking <laughs> that Diana gets to do? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they're fake. I don't know. Yeah. Um, wait, is this before or after the... the Oh, this is before the the family thing, right? Or is this after? Mm-hmm. It's before. So she gets to pick pick the one of these rings, and they say it's either brand new or it's from the family. And she picks mm-hmm. one, and the queen is like, "Oh, let me tell you about that one. This is this 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 that and the other." And as mm-hmm. she's explaining, Diane's like, "No, <laughs> I want that one." And Not the good jeweler's enough. like, "Oh, that's a good one. That's mine. Give yeah. me my money." <laughs> Uh, yeah, because uh, isn't that what the, the joke that he 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 makes, uh, Charles? He's like, "Oh, you just want it because it's most expensive," and she's like, "Well, no, it matches my eyes." And then they show that she has purple eyes, and then she also says it reminds her of her, of her mom's ring, which is the most important thing. Uh, which is nice this this interaction color. is like notch one on the fact that Charles does not know this woman at all. No. No, not at all. What what she's interested in or anything. I, it's like she, I feel like she, I recognize this. She seems very content cleaning mm-hmm. her sister's flat and working in a preschool. So, like, why why would she yeah. be someone that is going for something out of, the you know, she thing. wouldn't be going for the fanciest thing. I feel like I recognize that blue ring, though. Like, I feel like that's, like, a famous, I mean, go figure, it's, it's a famous ring. But I feel like it's, like, one that has even reached our realm of, like, notoriety like you know that ring on some level i think i have no clue where it is okay i mean it's diana's ring i mean maybe it's from like Candyland or something like that or or indiana jones finds it or something i I don't don't know know. i don't know it's a sapphire though um so anyways though uh tutorials are needed for diana yeah from the the fictional martin is like look we got to do some work she gotta (laughs) learn yeah she about to learn today and we see that uh, they move Diana into the palace mm-hmm. because they're afraid of the paparazzi. And what does she have to move in with? She has like a couple duffel bags. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, if someone said, you got to move right now to a palace, would you bring your Ikea furniture or your Wayfair furniture? Would you just say like, oh, no, I'm good. Well, I mean, the only point of confusion I have is that we see the house that her sister lives in, like in the mm-hmm. first episode of the season. So she doesn't get any of that rub. She doesn't get any of that money. She really only has like those things. I guess it's what she has in her flat to move out. Maybe she has stuff elsewhere. But it's crazy. I, yeah, for, I think I mean, it might be like a, uh, you know, hypothetically, if Lady Sybil or Lady Edith mm. were on their own in Downton, they wouldn't have the funds. They would probably, especially Lady Sybil, would probably live me- on the meager end on purpose. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that Cinderella story that they really played up in the media with her. Um. Did we skip over her? It, it, no, 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 we did not. Okay, so she's she's we she moves in and we get the this infamous uh, interview with them about uh, how they met and the whole engagement and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, we did miss we did skip over the whole thing of her having to curtsy, right? 
well, they've discussed the move, and then when she moves, then we get the the curtsy situation, right? Which definitely feels like it's for the crown, but very very much conveys a lot in, in, in that small sequence. Mm-hmm. How she is encircled by the entire family, and Margaret is sniping already. Like you interrupted my story. Seriously, I mean, Margaret is upset, as upset as you get, Dave. Sometimes when someone cuts off in one of your stories, because you like to hold the table sometimes. And tell a story. And if anyone cuts you, cuts cut you, off, you off right now, we need to keep talking about the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that, that's what happened here. And, uh, yeah, Margaret's annoyed and Diana's doesn't even know how to, who to curtsy to. And Charles is just laughing the whole time. Yeah, Charles is a real ding dong in this episode. He really is. Um, but it really, and the, the camera's just spinning the whole time. <laughs> it's a very well shot scene. The tension, mm-hmm. the, the tension building in this episode is top notch. Right, because you clearly see she's flailing, trying to do right and do the right thing, and there is no ounce of forgiveness or understanding mm-hmm. at all given to her. But yeah, the next day we get the interview. And yep. what'd you think, Dave? I thought it came off okay. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be such a point of contention. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't realize that. Um, as we find out later, that their interactions are so few and far between. Yeah. I mean, you, you even sense it in that interview, which is, I, I guess, caused a bit of a scene at the time, too. Just Charles saying, whatever in love means, you know, when they ask if they're in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what kind of response is that, bro? He's a fool. He's a fool. At this, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't keep up with the royal family in the news currently, but this man in 1981, he's a, he's a dang fool. I, I thought it was interesting too the way Emma Corwin plays the scene because I, I I see how she's capturing Diana a little bit with the cocked head and stuff, but the way she moves her head around the scene, she almost looks like a, a dang bird. Like her her neck is unhinged the way she just keeps like cocking it around, like reacting to things. Well, I'm, I uh, think that's all very purposeful. Right. I, I was actually I, I just, thinking... just distracted by how much she could not stop moving her head around, like it was like disembodied. I almost um, went to watch this interview on like YouTube because I got some like. I did. Vibes of um, Rami Malek and, and Bohemian Rhapsody when they say like he just watched that Live Aid concert over and mm-hmm. over and got those movements done. I wanted to see if like if she is is mimicking Diana to a T or if she's just sort of Peter mm-hmm. Morgan telling her what to do. No, I, I watched it and she isn't. Diana's not that maneuvering as much, and she's not quite as surprised or disappointed when he says whatever in love means but I, I get it for dramatic effect you know they're, they're, they're playing that up a little bit um, but immediately following that uh, Charles has news for her <laughs> he says I'm leaving bye me and Mike are going on the seven seas for six weeks like who makes that proposal and just bounces like that well he's where, where is he going Gloucester yeah, he's going to Australia, I think. He's going like halfway around the world. Yeah, well, and, and but the thing is, I, I do understand Charles is like sort of passing it off because to him, this is sort of normalcy. You just go away for a mm-hmm. couple months at a time. It's work. It really is work. Uh, the fact uh, that he doesn't try to include her at all is bizarre. Don't mention it. Yeah. And the he's fact saying- that... Uh, he tells her to hang out with Camilla. Because she's the best kind of fun. Charles, you stupid. Charles, Charles is not in charge. Not at all. Um, 
it's funny though because her friends you know she talks, talks to her friends and they just tell her to brush it off you know <laughs> like oh who cares what he said about you know uh whatever in love means you know you're going to be queen one day which you know we know now that elizabeth uh, yeah yeah they say soon because like we know now elizabeth never goes anywhere but think about that in the moment. It's like, oh my gosh, you're like a heart stop away from being queen. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if she was still alive and in the picture, she would be. <laughs> yeah. For, for, well, I mean, aside from the fact they got divorced, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, they, yeah. if things were fine, she would not be the queen. Yeah. And yeah. so literally Charles says, well, I'll see you at the altar? <laughs> Question mark? The deuces. Uh, yeah, going, going away. Got to got to go send the toilet on the plane. Deuce. It's done. <laughs> Yet again. Uh, but yeah, Diana needs to be trained. She needs to learn today how to curtsy. Yep. And this is where we get uh Lady uh Fermoy uh coming in there to to teach her. Yeah, straight out of Harry Potter, a miserable teacher. Awful, no fun. Yep. And she makes that comment. She goes, the one thing I hate about being in a restaurant is when the waiter does not take down my order. And then she's like, granddaughter, you're going to write down these notes? <laughs> Just a little bit? Because she's clearly getting distracted by all the stuff that, that's around her. I mean, it's Buckingham Palace or whatever. Like, I mean, of course you're going to get distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's also learning ballet or doing ballet, too, in her free time. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we, wa- we see a cart full of fan mail coming. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that nice? And we see it's kind of like Diana's kind of... It, it, it's an almost morale booster at first. Mm-hmm. That she sees it, and there's these little kids writing to her, and it kind of picks up her spirit at first. Yeah, she decides to write back, because she sees how inspiring this could be, you know, to, to kids like her. Mm-hmm. And then we get a nice little montage of her uh, roller skating through Buckingham Palace, which I think is a nice... Mm-hmm. She says that she's the only one there. Like, she can't even... She's not even seeing the queen. She's not seeing the prince. She's not seeing her sister-in-law. She's just sort of... Skating around. Seriously, just listening to some Duran Duran and just rollerblading through the, the house there. I thought this was a, a great scene when they when they yeah. like fade in and out from the orchestral music into the Duran Duran. Like I thought that was mm. awesome. Very well done. And it really f- starts to feel like it's almost just Diana's episode in a lot of ways. Like this is just her, what, what she went through, watching TV all alone. You know, she wants to speak to the prince, but he's not there. Mm-hmm. She wants to speak to the queen. Queen ain't there. Uh, and how does she deal, Dave? Well, she gets a letter from uh, Camilla. She and oh, she, she does eat. She does. Oh, yeah. she eats. She binges and purges. D- Dave, were you hungry when you saw her go into that fridge? Those eclairs. When she started eating those eclairs, I was like, I could go for that right now. That moose. And then ice cream. When she goes for that oh. moose. Oh my god! They, they well, obviously, we don't. We don't condone eating disorders. No, I, I immediately lost my appetite following that that scene. It's a very powerful, I, and I do think that's the point of the scene, is you're supposed to see these extravagant desserts that she's mm-hmm. sort of going all in on, and then we see her just, like, yakking it up, which is... It, I thought it was an interesting omission, because apparently this eating disorder started when Charles referred to her as being chubby, and I don't think we saw that Yeah, all, there's never that much. I, mean, I, I also did feel, especially given, given the trigger warning thing in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, they really don't foreshadow this being an issue it's just like an issue so unless it is addressed later knowing the crown it might not ever be brought up again but yeah we'll, it is we'll see it's a it's it's sad it's representative of her struggles i guess you yeah know? yeah um, she because she's 
the weight of the world like she's very aware of the world staring at her at all times now yeah and i mean i feel like we get a little bit more of this montage where things aren't quite as as fun uh because she's still watching tv she gets more and more mail it doesn't slow down and she has to give a she's trying to give a speech and she's moving her arms around so they tie uh, firmly ties a rope around her her wrists to keep her from moving her arms when speaking yeah um and that's when she decides to make the call well, doesn't she get another... She gets a letter from Camilla, right? Yeah, Camilla uh, writes her a letter and says, like, let's hang. And I think that's when she sort of breaks and is like, all right, fine. Yeah, she, she, and she hadn't heard from Charles in, in three weeks. Uh, yeah. Not a single time. <laughs> nope. So she um, meets with her for dinner. Lunch, and, uh, right? I think it's dinner because it's like tapas. There's no there's no main course, right? It's all... Uh, I mean, a tapas restaurant could open at noon. But I mean, there's desserts. I don't. I don't think you have desserts. At, I mean, you could have them at lunch. You ain't never had cake at lunch. I mean, and then regretted it the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we know Diana regrets it. I mean, yeah, she's she's anxious uh, to eat. You know. Well, she doesn't start eating right away. Mm-mm. Nope. So this is it. We we don't see that Diana really goes in in until Camilla starts sort of talking about how little she knows about Prince Charles. Yeah, I mean, Camilla knows how he complains about being gassy and bloated <laughs> yeah, and half his, the time. His soft-boiled Shouldn't egg that on steak. everything. Yeah. Bo- <laughs> Shouldn't eat that steak. And, and, yeah, boiled egg on everything. And and to me, this is, um, I don't know what we're supposed to get, because Camilla basically says, like, so you met him here. You went mm-hmm. to the opera at this point. You went to Balmoral. You did the best ever. And she goes on this sort of, like, understanding thing like she knows everything that diana and charles have done but then she's like what do you mean you don't know this what do you mean you don't know this and i'm not sure whether or not she's playing ignorant or she's just trying to get under diana's skin that's true i have you ever seen the players club dave with jamie fox no well i think the players club handbook may have come from charles a little bit i I think he's definitely two-timing a little bit here he's uh I mean, Camilla may know more than she's letting on, but I think she would at least assume that Diana knows a little bit more. Or at least he's keeping up illusions that, you know, Diana is the one. He, he told her, after all, that, you know, she passed the Balmoral test and it was a success and everything. So mm-hmm. I think she just naturally assumes that Charles has made some effort to, to be in a relationship with her. Yeah, especially considering he talks to Camilla on most days. And should we even call her Camilla? I mean, her what he refers to her as is, was it Gladys? And she calls him Fred, which, sure. You you can call me anything, whatever. I'll call you Sal, whatever. Al is the Paul Simon song. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to go for. Uh, so in response to all the... To, Clearly, being out out of knowing a lot about Charles, she just starts eating. Diana, she's like, you know what, F it. let's do Eat. it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they go Dutch on the dinner. I didn't know how to interpret that either. Like uh, Camille insists on paying, then Diana insists on paying, then they just split it, which really speaks to, I guess, how they kind of have Charles split. Yeah, it's it's like that Sugar Ray song, ours. Can you describe that one, Dave? It's uh, I think we used that at the Lords of Grantham at one point, mm-hmm. but that was years years ago. At this point, the song is is called "Ours" by Sugar Ray. It's about a 
a, a guy, two guys that are with the same girl and it's them, them talking to each other. <laughs> Listeners can go go check it out if they're interested. <laughs> Put it in the, the, the link description. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, Diana leaves that, you know, wanting to talk to the Prince of Wales as soon as possible, but he, he's unavailable. He, he's on an airplane, as always. Which is this and, is this is a weird this moment doesn't need to happen like this. I feel like there's some some moments in this episode. And this was fifty six minutes and it flew by. So I'm not going to yeah. say the episode was too long. Mm-hmm. But why, for the sake of exposition, this show plays around with the timeline. Why does she go like, I need to talk to the prince? Like you can't. She's like, you're making that up. And they say he's on a plane. Why can't they just say like, we tried? You know, like they don't need to do they don't need to do that. And the, what they did in the scene. Yeah, I don't it know. makes Diana well, seem paranoid for no reason. Well, it, it, it's it's to drum up the the drawings that she finds. With, with I know that, that but we don't need. Yeah. Uh, he's on a plane. No, I know. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Ask Pierre Morgan. Maybe he knows something we don't know about the whole thing. Hey, I, we got to talk to him. He's Maybe coming on the podcast next week. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, she finds a, a, a bracelet. That's a drawing made. of a bracelet designed. Uh, yeah. And she asks who's it for, and the guy, he doesn't even answer. But he doesn't need to answer, because she just looks at it, and she sees it says Gladys on the bracelet. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Um, and that's when she frantically dials the queen, saying this the wedding can't go ahead, it'll be a disaster. And she's practicing ballet again in frustration, because as you do, when you're frustrated, it turns into you like one of those like, free dances. Uh, yeah, it, it's a flash dance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but of course, you know she doesn't talk to the queen because no one really wants to interact with Diana. It seems like. Yeah, they're they're bad people. They really are. I mean, in a lot of ways, they they really are. Thatcher's no better. None of them are <laughs> yeah. good. No, no, Diana's no. the only decent one there. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so we see Camilla smoking a cig. Take that to mean what it, you probably think it means. Yeah, we see Charles walking out the door. It's the morning. Mm-hmm. We see Charles lands, and well, Diana also finds out that he gets home a night earlier than he said he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then we see that he goes directly to Camilla. Yeah. And we see him leaving in the AM, and then we see her silhouette smoking a cigarette. Because <laughs> they they did it, obviously. And then we're then we're at the rehearsal, baby, in church. <laughs> yeah. To which Diana just pretty much goes to Charles and is like, "What? what how's Gladys? How's she doing?" And Charles is like, "Blah blah 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 blah." <laughs> it's like, "Dummy, you told them two to hang out. You don't think that was going to come up between friends or two between two women? They gossip. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, it's going to happen, Charles." Well, it's, Everyone yeah, it's gossips. Like, and and you, the bracelet. You think this mm-hmm. is? Look at what happened to Tony and and Margaret. We know. We lived through this. Yeah. Uh. But he tells her it was his way of saying goodbye to her. It was like a gift or something. Yeah, that's what the bracelet was. And he had to retrieve this ring that's like, the the you know, for the betrothed of the prince, you know. Some load of nonsense. Unforgivable. But we also uh, see, uh, mm-hmm. we see Margaret is like, mm-hmm. you got to stop this. She's telling Elizabeth that. You She's know, like, that Charles this loves is insane. Else. This is... You can't let look at look at what our family has been through for the past you know centuries. Yeah, look at our grandpa. Look at the same mistake. Look at our uncle. Like, 
we really gotta let these people like we can't just destroy lives like and, and doesn't she say, she makes a comment like it's a young woman's life mm-hmm. and Margaret yeah. who who previously sniped down Diana she has some sense about her it's like I, I feel like Margaret is is the like the hot the the hot take king she's kind of almost like the dowager I would say her and Anne kind of share that sure. sort of duties of of the the voice of reason in the tone that nobody wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And this is a moment where Margaret is like, you're like, yes, please. Yeah. And now yet again, we get another moment where uh, Elizabeth uh, bestows upon Charles the advice that was given to her that we know is not the right advice. It's similar to how when she was told to not show emotions, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, the whole uh, incident earlier where, you know, the Elizabeth is supposed to, the royalty is supposed to be kept out of remove and, and, and not be emotional here. She's passing down the advice that she got, you know, before, or not the experience she had with, with Phil, which was, you know, sometimes there, there's challenges and then from that grows love. So you just have to stick it out and make it happen. And it's like, Look, Elizabeth, what works for you doesn't work for the next family. That's just, or it, it just doesn't go that way. <laughs> what about Prince Philip? When he walks in, he's like, ladies, 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 mm-hmm. we got to talk. Yeah. He said, she's going to grow up and get older and get smarter and get more beautiful. And then Charles is going to love her more. And he and really emphasizes like, she's like, going to get more beautiful. They're like, Phil, get out of here. <laughs> Step <laughs> And he's like, hey. Yeah. I came to do what I came. He's yeah, like Phil, he's like our truth showing up, and he's like, my, "All right, my bad, my bad." <laughs> my <just> bad. <laughs> but Phil's just like, "Did you see her? Humana, humana, humana. Give her another helped, ten she years. Me get the stack. Yeah, <gasps> big can fan. I, can I big keep fan. her? She could be my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep her around as a, a, a nice. She's a nice person. They should just have uh, Charles, Prince Philip, go to Charles and be like, "Come on, dude, are you serious? Look at Camilla. Yeah. Look at Diana." You're going to be fine, my friend. Right. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, Dave, Margaret's really driving home the fact this is for human beings, you know? <laughs> like, let's be sensible for a second. And Elizabeth is just not sensible. She just thinks that anyone is like her and can just make it make it happen, make it work. Well, no one, not everyone is as strong as you, Elizabeth. Yeah, no. <laughs> Elizabeth, don't you remember the first episode of season two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You've been through it yourself. There's little kids in Bora Bora that are your kids. <laughs> or your husband's kids. That that is the truth. Uh, but I mean, we see Charles crying in a single eye because he's torn up over this whole thing. Well, at least we know he can cry. Yeah. Unlike his mother, he doesn't want to follow the examples of his family. And we see uh, Diana is up and awake. She's staring down her her dress that is iconic. That one is definitely iconic. And we don't even see the wedding, which is telling because that is you know in the public media you know billed as the the fairy tale wedding you know that that Mm -hmm. was the 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 coronation of diana as this queen and everything and the show isn't having that it just it doesn't want that to happen you know so we don't see it that's what youtube is for (laughs) yeah go watch the, the real thing uh now the episode of this the name of this episode was called fairy tale so yeah it, that's what it's really trying to communicate there is a, it ain't quite a fairy tale. And then we get Fleetwood the, Mac. The acapella vocals. Wind winged dove, yeah. Which again, Netflix, we get it. You got money. We we get it. <laughs> also, Dave, I didn't realize I I feel like we may have mentioned this before, but Peter Morgan wrote the Queen, the movie. Oh he did? And, yeah. So that explains why there were so many stags and deers last week. 
I should have mentioned that at the top of the episode, but yeah. Well, I think he's leaning into what, what, no. what worked before, what, what got him some Oscar noms before, works again here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave, was this a good episode? This was a tense episode. This was a lot. It wasn't bad. It <laughs> I was thought it was a, really it was good. It was a good episode. It was effective. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I, it, it really... It, is it Emma Corrin or something like that? Yeah. She's great. Yeah. No, I, I I was like watching this thinking like, can we keep her for another season? I know they gotta switch it up next year, but she's good. Yeah, just have her with McNulty. Yeah, well, I thought you said Nick Nolte. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want Prince Charles to turn Nick Nolte. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was just a great getting to the point, and I'm sure they can press a lot of stuff and move things around. But I think in terms of painting the picture of what Diana and Charles' situation was. It conveys the story pretty effectively, so I, th- I thought, well done, good on you, Peter Morgan. Good work. Yeah. Sorry like about sorry about lot. your your wife. Hope you're doing yeah, well. I, honestly, like I'm really starting to feel like I can see why people are buzzing about this season. Like this really feels like one of the most like it's got juice in it compared to the other seasons. Is this the first real um, narrative cinematic t- Diana? No, I mean she's been portrayed many times in media and stuff like that. Like, okay, I just don't. I know. mean, there's literally a, a a soap opera in in Britain in like 1983 about the <laughs> them two coming together and stuff that was all completely made up. I mean, this has been something that's like been told time after time. Well, we know the the queen is the aftermath of her right. passing. Mm-hmm. So that's where the show is going to end, and they're just going to say refer to this film. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch this movie. <laughs> Um. Well, let's let's get to the power rankings. Okay. Who you I got going down? Yeah. Well, I got, number three, I got Diana going down. Okay. She she got married. She got the ring. She got a really expensive ring. She got to celebrate at the top of the episode, but it's like she got a bunch of fool's gold here. It, it, she's not really feeling like she's part of this whole thing. It, it's not going how she planned, and Charles doesn't love her, so it, it's not the best of weeks for her. But okay. she had some some good moments. Okay, well, I got the queen going down because she's mm-hmm. she she hasn't learned. She Not didn't learn from her uncle. She didn't learn from her sister. She's just gonna. She didn't learn from herself. Yeah. Well, I I at number two. Yeah, I got the queen uh, because she's really enabling this, and even uh, below her a little bit, the, the queen mother, because uh, they're all just like on board. Like the, this the has got to happen. The queen mother seems just like a lush. Like she just seems like she's just drunk all the time and doesn't yeah, care she's about living, living life. I mean. She's the one who bought that castle right now in Scotland, right? I mean, she's yep. she's fine, yeah. or whatever. Oh yeah, she's doing fine. <laughs> but they're they're terrible. They're terrible in giving advice this episode and everything. So down with them. Well, number two going on, I got Charles because this man does mm-hmm. not know he, he he's in over his head. He doesn't have any control over himself or his life, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know he's he has bad impulse control. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Well, well, I mean, for those reasons, I have number one going down. Charles, he really is just a bad man. Uh, he, I mean, he gives love a bad name. If I, if I had to say, played his part, and Diana's playing the game, he gives love a bad name. There's no yeah. other way to put it. <laughs> uh, well, at number one going down, I got Diana because it ain't going. It ain't gonna get much better. It's gonna get. It might get better, but it's gonna get a lot worse. And and she's she's alone. She's she's yeah. got an eating disorder and and it seems like no one is there to be with her aside. She can't even have her friends over. It, it, you could say Dave Sugar, we're going down swinging. 
that's what's going on here. Corey's trying to like influence what song I put <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of the episode. Absolutely. You, got, you can call Just me Al. We got ours by Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah. So many options. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Diana is in the toughest spot and it, it's hard for her to see a way out. I did think she had enough good moments. I mean, the entire intro is just her celebrating. She had a great night out, you know. But Charles is a bad man. He's a bad Charles bad had man. a great night out, too. <laughs> I mean, how many great nights has he had, though, with Camilla? Come on. Well, who do you got going up? Well, I got Camilla at number three. Okay. She she uh, she got it in. Uh, she uh, paid Dutch on some dinner. She didn't have to pay for the whole dinner, and uh, she got a bracelet out of it. Uh, so, ultimately, she is winning and getting away with it. All right. Well, number three, I got Margaret because she's trying to be the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's someone that has been put through it by this royal family. Yeah. And she's the black sheep in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And she comes. She starts this episode hot, kind of in a bad way, with this yeah. um, circle and the curtsying and being interrupted. But mm-hmm. then she kind of comes around that you realize, like, no, this woman has been through so much, and she's just trying to help. She knows better. She knows enough. Yeah, so that's why I got her at number three. So, okay. Well, at number two, I got Diana's friends. They're I having a good put time. Them on there. <laughs> they get one. Good I mean, scene. especially with the revelation that one of them may be Peter Morgan's current girlfriend. I think they're winning. Like, I, I think you know, kudos to oh, them yeah, for Peter for Morgan. Having, is such a such a catch. Uh, yeah, right. I know. Uh, but kudos to them for having a, a friend that can get into high places. We all need a friend like that. Oh yeah. Well, number two, I got Camilla because, like you said. Mm-hmm. She gets her. Uh, she gets a bracelet. Yeah. She gets a. She gets to flex in the most mean, evil ways. Like I don't think she's a great person either. She's she gets her, out her husband. Yeah, she gets her just desserts. Just yeah. her desserts. Yeah. I want. You know, I wonder if people what people thought of her because I just remember growing up, my mom always thought Camilla was so unattractive and, and just would question out loud. You know, when I was a kid, there just listening to my mom, she'd be like, "Why would you go from Diana to her?" Like you look at her, and it is a bit of a downgrade. She, I mean, she, just, you know, she's married. She gives love a bad name. Yeah, and she's got kids. Uh, I mean, what are you doing, Charles? And I just side with my mom and think, yeah, Camilla was a bad choice. Just give Diana a chance. Um, going up though, at number one, Dave, I got Margaret. She number really, one. Okay. She's got so many good points in this episode and even flexes on diana when she walks in and is like no i'm gonna finish my story i don't care if you're here and then also i'm gonna tell all my family why it's a dumb idea for you to you know marry uh my, my cousin so or nephew or whatever nephew, so yeah. well she, she I, all, there's all also like to margaret the scene in the rehearsal when you see like margaret's mm-hmm. face as she's mm-hmm. like putting this together in her head like helena bottom carter is like top notch in this sequence oh. Even then, when you see her like sitting in, at the at the church, just kind of like watching all of this, just checked out. It's like that is exactly the right note to be hitting there. Oh yeah. Well, number one, I got the public because this is the fairy tale wedding. This is we see we that see the letters and the the fan mail and the love mm-hmm. the public is fan giving love. these two. She, mm-hmm. you know, Diana's a victim, but the public yeah. is none the wiser, and they're in, they're in love. They, you know. I'll, I'll give it to the just Tufton is number one because the, the public loves love. Isn't that the truth? Don't we all? Uh, good, good week for the crown. Re- re- really gave us a lot to chew on there. Oh yeah, a lot of meat on that bone. Very. 
emphatic I episode. Wait. I can't wait to see where next week goes. Really, honestly, I can only imagine like how this twists and turns. I'm I'm really loving this. You can almost tell like too with like the way this drama is like playing to the 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 rafters and everything. I feel like I mean the Diana drama is like what Peter Morgan's been building towards. Like everything is coming home to roost a lot in this season. Mm-hmm. And you almost sometimes think if Diana was not in the picture, does the, the, the crown have as much juice for people to have that intri- intrigue, you know, because th- that story played out so publicly and the drama was so far out there that everyone bought into it. and was, it was curious. I feel like it's gotta be a big, reason why people are watching i mean this is why it's the most buzz about, buzz about season of the show i think well and, and you, i think one thing about the diana story is that this is the first time that the crown has really hit on a multi-generational piece of pop culture news so like sure we didn't know anything about margaret and and roddy mm-hmm. we didn't know about prince philip maybe being the cheater yeah and that with that uh, doctor or whatever he was mm-hmm. like our parents did and maybe that's why they were interested in it yeah, but we didn't. But I remember Princess Diana. I remember who she was. I remember her influence yeah. on the world. So like, you're tapping more than one market. Whereas I think the previous seasons were really mm-hmm. tapping a totally different market. Like I don't I, absolutely. And, and it showed in our interest too. Like we didn't know about the king dying. We didn't care. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's not our country. Uh, not we're my not problem. As concerned. <laughs> yeah. Just like everyone else should not care about the U.S. in a lot of ways, because it's it's our own problem to deal with here. Okay, don't don't yeah. stress. Even though we are a world power, whatever. Politics, politics as usual, playing the silly game. So, Dave, uh, tell me, what have you been watching outside of the Crown? There's some other royal news that we should talk to. I mean, kind of royal adjacent. Okay. And it's a gentleman by the name of King Corbin. Okay, what what's going on here, Dave? Who is he? He's the the king of the ring in WWE. He's he's only tangentially related because, just like most things on this podcast, we've come back around to to the Rey Mysterio is, is back to being uh, in the news. Mm-hmm. His his son, they're planting the seeds for Rey Mysterio versus his son. Oh, good. Because one of them is siding with King Corbin. <laughs> because they keep saying that who are you going to be your daddy's boy your whole life. You're going to be in your daddy's oh. shadow your whole life. And then what happened was Dominic Mysterio, the infamous, we've been talking about him for mm-hmm. months with Seth Rollins, cost, yeah. cost his father the match accidentally against the king. Of course. So Prince <laughs> Philip is saying, I'll never be king, but we got King Corbin in the WWE. So if you want to see some real royalty, mm-hmm. he's stirring the pot. Royalty of Jace, because King of the Ring is just a concept that WWE made up to then give people a gimmick to, to yeah, be for like to a royalty. year or two until they get a new king. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Anything you've been watching? Uh, a few things. Um, I watched uh, last night um, The Golden Child, the Eddie Murphy movie, where he's trying to save a Tibetan child from a demon portrayed by Charles Dance. What? Is this uh, new? No, it's from the 80s. It's a it's a classic movie. <laughs> Not classic, but yeah. Uh, Charles Dance plays a demon. And uh, I'll send you a scene from it, Dave. You'll, you'll love it. Um, eh, it's all right. Uh, I also watched was it a teacher on Hulu about the teacher who hooks up with her student. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't interested in watching it, but then someone told me it was only a half hour episode. So I was like, oh, I can do that. And uh, it was a breeze. It was uh, pretty heavy and uh, it was pretty good. Okay. And... I also watched the Tiger Woods documentary series on HBO. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And 
don't know if I can recommend that as much. Uh, I wanted more from it, and I think it just came up against the ceiling of them not having as much access to the people who are close to Tiger to really, you know... As opposed to the, the Last Dance, which is what people are drawing comparisons right. to. Which, I mean, The Last Dance, there's a lot more control from Michael Jordan, so you don't get all the salacious stuff quite as much. But here, when the caddy and his ex-girlfriend from high school is like the two best sources that you have, it's like, uh, uh, it's not quite all there. But, uh, yeah, so I can't quite recommend that one. All right, well, that... Wraps that up. Mm-hmm. So, people know where they can find us. iTunes, leave us a rating review if you so choose. Uh, we're on all the streaming platforms. Yep, and if but, we're not on the one that you have, let us know. We'll try to get there. I mean, how are you listening to us if we're not on the one that you listen to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And we have a Patreon too, Dave, right? Yeah, we have to, we got some some business to discuss about Patreon, but we're we're trying to make the content as good as possible for our our fans. So mm-hmm. that is a It'll something to to check out. Support us if you want to throw us a couple bucks a month. That'd be awesome. And we are mm-hmm. on T Public if you want to throw us a couple bucks once. We have some cool merch. Yeah. We should have some new stuff coming down the pipeline. And you know, keep on keep on the lookout on our Twitter for uh, sales and all that stuff because uh, T Public mm-hmm. has some good stuff going. So check that out. Yeah. Go for it. So I guess, you know, until next time, uh, don't do anything that, you know, will get you get you in trouble, you know? That sounds good. That's a good piece of advice to leave on. <laughs> there you go. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen.